More recruiting news for IU basketball as they look set to potentially battle with Kentucky for a five-star prospect, as well as another five-star prospect officially scheduling his visit to Bloomington. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Friday, everybody. You are Locked On Hoosiers, the one and only daily IU podcast. We're part of the I, or of the Locked On Network, excuse me, uh, your team every day. Free and available everywhere you guys listen to podcasts, including on YouTube. Got a fancy new graphics package you guys can see. If you haven't tried us out over there, no better time than to tune into an episode today. I'm your host as always, Jacob, coming to you a little bit later on this Friday, couldn't get around to recording the episode on Thursday, so uh, recording it Friday morning. The good news is there's a number of things that happened on Friday that we can bring you the latest updates on in today's episode. I wanted, I had planned on making this episode a season recap that I've been talking about multiple days this week. There were just too much kind of odds and ends types of news things to get you caught up on that I felt that that was probably uh, what you were more interested in, and especially when it comes to recruiting. Everybody loves a good recruiting update, a recruiting battle, things like that. Thursday night, the Hoosiers offered 2025 prospect Jasper Johnson a scholarship. Johnson is listed on 247 Sports as a combo guard, 6'4", 170 pounds, uh, His composite ranking by 247 is number 23 overall, and he's a five-star. He's right on that border. Uh, 247's own rankings have him as a four-star and 33rd overall. If you Their composite rankings, for those that don't know, that's what I typically reference, is just taking into account all of the kind of publicly available rankings. Uh, So that's typically what I go with just because it's, it's more information in there, but you can see he's kind of on that line between a four star and a five star. He's the number one recruit in Kentucky though. So not shockingly, Kentucky's expected to be a factor in this one. Hoosiers are probably going to have to battle out for him. A five star recruit in Kentucky is probably not someone that gets away from John Calipari, but what we haven't done enough this spring is just laugh at Kentucky. What an absolute mess they are in. And it is absolutely wonderful to see. They are so far removed from the days where they were one of the premier programs. I know things are cyclical. They'll probably return to the top at some point. But you can't help but enjoy watching John Calipari and his staff and that program flounder a little bit and miss out on some guys and not really have things going for them. It's absolutely wonderful to see. Presumably we'll still put them on the schedule at some point, but you know, I wouldn't mind Indiana saying, actually we want someone that's a little bit better. Go Republic with it. Just shame them. It'd be really fun to see. Anyway, back to Johnson, Uh, not a ton of information out there on him at least yet. Uh, this summer is, is when we'll probably learn more and more about a lot of these 2025 guys, but quick, good ball handler. 
His swing skill that's going to kind of determine if he is a four-star or a five-star is going to be his shooting. He shot the ball well at times this summer already, and if that kind of carries over throughout the summer, then he'll be pretty much a consensus five-star recruit. Uh, but that's going to be kind of what that a lot of that hinges on is just how well he's going to be able to um, shoot the ball and going in through this summer into a senior season and things like that. So another name to monitor. I don't know how much stock you want to put into it. I guess it it, it you got to consider how much weight Kentucky still carries, but hey, I like it. IU isn't shying, shying away from this. They see a guy that they like, and it doesn't matter if he's in Kentucky, uh, in John Calipari's backyard, they're going to go after him. And we'll see how hard they go after him, but they've made the offer, and that's uh, that's a fun start to what could potentially be a fun recruiting battle. One other recruiting note to update you on Boogie Fland, who's someone we talked about earlier this week. Every dayers will remember we spoke about him reportedly uh, visiting IU. He mentioned that he was going to do it. It's officially scheduled for June 13th through the 15th. So in a couple weeks here he will be on campus in bloomington he's a five-star point guard in the 2024 class one of the top players in the 2024 class uh we spoke more at length about him on the episode earlier this week if you guys want to go check that out and um see more about him see what type of player he is uh feel free but he will be on Bloomington this summer. He's a top 15 recruit in that 2024 class, and that's going to be a big class. We've spoke about how big that class could be for the Hoosiers. They're laying the groundwork, and things are looking up, and this is a, a really good next step to that. So excited to have him on campus and really just excited to see what transpires with this 2024 class because the Hoosiers are involved with a number of the top guys and – you land one of those, it's already a great class. You land multiple of those, it really, really starts to change the program even more. We spoke about how much, we spoke a lot about recruiting in the last uh, month or so. This is just kind of continuing on that trend. Let's talk some IU baseball. They will kick off their uh, part in the NCAA tournament tonight. There's a bit of a, a messy situation going on there that I'm sure many of you have heard about. As well, let's talk about the soccer tournament with the Hoosiers, something we mentioned a couple weeks ago. We'll update you on that as well. Before any of that, though, the NBA Finals kicked off on, uh, on Thursday. And it was a expected outcome, I think. The Nuggets are a really good team, but we saw Cody Zeller out there. And so that was fun for any Hoosiers fans that tuned in right now. You guys can make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because every new customer can get a no sweat first bet up to $2,500 back. That's $2,500 back in bonus bets. If your first bet does not win, uh, the heat lost on, Thursday, which means either way, what happens, uh, there's going to be a Hoosier with a ring. It's Thomas Bryant that is one step closer right now, but these things can change 
on a game-to-game basis, and there's no better place to bet on all these playoff games than America's number one sports book. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and get a no-sweat-first-bet up to $2,500. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. Big shout-out to you guys for making us your first listen every single day. Let's talk some IU baseball. They will, uh, I was going to say tip-off. I'm still in basketball mode talking about recruits. Their first pitch, I guess is the right phrasing, will be at 7 p.m. tonight against West Virginia. Kentucky and Ball State, uh, they started or start at noon, depending on when you're listening to this. And then IU versus West Virginia is this evening. That game will be on ESPN+. We spoke a little bit about West Virginia earlier in the week. Uh, The Hoosiers are going to have quite the battle, and it's all going to hinge on their pitching. I I would say this uh, regional, if the Hoosiers can get some strong pitching, especially out of the bullpen, in most situations, they should have enough offense to win, but the uh, the pitching has not been there, especially in their last two games of the Big Ten tournament. So big, big question marks in that regard. We'll see what the Hoosiers can accomplish this weekend. If they win this game, they will play at 6 p.m. on Saturday. If they lose the game, they will play at noon on Saturday. So they will play tomorrow regardless. It'll just depend on what time based on if they win or not. There's also a bit of a a messy situation. I was going to mention it earlier in the week and I never got around to it. Uh, the, the hotel situation in Lexington is not good right now because on top of having a regional for the NCAA tournament, there's apparently a very large country music festival going on to the point that there are no hotels available in Lexington. And that was the case even before the regional was announced, which means dorms are being opened for teams to stay in. IU and Ball State are staying in the dorms on campus uh, during this regional this weekend. West Virginia opted not to do that. Instead, they're staying in Louisville, which is basically about as close as you can get to Lexington right now with hotels. So it is an absolute mess there. The NCAA knew about this. It's I, Could they have done anything? I'm not sure. It would have been harsh to take away a regional from Lexington if they were one of the best teams. Um, perhaps they could have placed a hold on hotel rooms. I'm not really sure. It doesn't feel like a great solution to the situation, but uh, the NCAA typically never has great solutions to situations. So it's on brand, if nothing else. But the Hoosiers are are back staying in the dorms. Even though the school year is over, they'll be back in those dorms this weekend down in Lexington. Let's talk a little soccer. We're all over the place today. Um, the, The soccer tournament which is something we mentioned a while back is was a thing the Hoosiers were taking place in this week. It's 
a sister event to the basketball tournament, TBT, that I'm sure a lot more of you are familiar with, with the winner getting a million dollars. That's what's at stake here in the soccer tournament. The winner gets a million dollars. The Hoosiers started it off on Thursday with the first ever game of the soccer tournament. This thing's been an absolute hit. And this thing, it's going to be back. It is very, like, viewer friendly. Even if you're someone that finds soccer boring, you will not find this boring. It is seven on seven, a much shorter field. There's no offsides, which is the confusing rule everyone uh, struggles to understand. Even people who regularly watch soccer, no slide tackles, uh, 20 minute halves. Like, it's very short, very viewer friendly. IU started off by beating Dortmund 5-2. That Dortmund, Borussia Dortmund, that plays in the Bundesliga, beat them 5-2 early on Thursday and then had probably the game of the tournament so far. In their second game, they took on a team called Kingdom FC. And so without going into all the details, this game also ends in a target score. They play the full time and then you add one goal to whoever is winning and that is your target score. The Hoosiers were up uh, four to two in the uh, at the end of regulation, which meant the first team to five one. Also during this target score time, every five minutes, a player for bo- for each team just comes off the field to make it more and more and more exciting. Kingdom FC made a comeback. They got it to 4-4, but it was taking quite a while to get there, which meant it got down to two versus two. And that is two versus two, including the keepers. IU had to take a corner kick in which the keeper took it, played it to uh, his teammate, and then the keeper scored the winning goal. There's some familiar names on here. Christian uh, Lomelli is the keeper. I believe he is on IU's coaching staff. Uh, I think there's another player on IU's coaching staff uh, playing in this event. Uh, Coach Yeagley is down there watching. Uh, There's some, like I said, some familiar names. Louis Softner, keeper. Joshua Gatt, you might remember. Uh, There was one. Oh, Ryan Wittenbrink is also down there as well. He scored... Uh, in the first game, I believe he didn't score in this one. Now, having talked about how much fun it is, you're not going to be able to watch IU in it anymore because look, Dortmund, I don't know what they were expecting. The team they sent down, uh, this is taking place in North Carolina. The team that they sent got absolutely steamrolled in every game, including losing seven to one to kingdom FC on Friday, which meant Despite IU winning its first two games, they lost on Friday and are eliminated from the tournament on goal differential because they only beat Dortmund 5 to 2 and Kingdom FC won 7 to 1. So you can be mad at Dortmund as much as anything. IU wins two games and goes crashing out of this tournament. It's a lot of fun, even though IU isn't the rooting interest anymore. These uh, games are streamed on YouTube. A couple of them 
or on Peacock, if you guys have that, this is a big hit. It's going to be around, I think, much like the basketball tournament. It is a lot of fun, very viewer-friendly, and I expect we'll see more and more of this. I, I would imagine IU had a lot of support there, uh, perhaps unsurprisingly. So I'm sure we'll see more and more of them uh, when this thing takes place in future years as, as well. It was a lot of fun seeing some familiar faces, some familiar names playing for the Hoosiers once again. So you guys can tune into that. It's going on all day on Friday. And then the knockout rounds are on Saturday. And there's already enough kind of chaos and excitement in group play games. So I can only imagine what knockout games are going to be like. We, we've, we've been all over the place. Let's finish off today talking IU football. More specifically, Big Ten football and a change that they'll be making in future seasons. We'll do that here in a moment. Praise be the Big Ten is getting rid of divisions. That's at least according to Adam Rittenberg of ESPN. The SEC came to their conclusion with their schedule and whatever that nonsense was. Admittedly, I didn't pay a ton of attention to it, uh, but their schedules are set. And now on the docket for a lot of kind of national focus, it's what the Big Ten is going to do because... They have a lot of things to figure out with their scheduling heading into next season. According to Adam Rittenberg, the Big Ten will, the the elimination of divisions is basically set. It's agreed upon. They're gone. The SEC is scrapping them too. Uh, he said the main holdups are the number of protected games per team and West Coast travel equitability we can pretty much go ahead and say now that the Hoosiers are not going to be treated too equitable when it comes to West coast travel. Uh, IU seems to be the team that gets the short end of the stick. We'll say in a lot of this, how many times has IU open with a big 10 game? How many times has it been Ohio state? Why the IU gets a short end of the stick on this. So if somebody's getting the short end of the stick and football scheduling, it's probably going to be IU. The, other part of that sentence is interesting, though, the number of protected games, because what I assume is going to happen is you're going to have a set amount of protected games, and then the rest of the schedule is going to rotate over a two, three-year basis, whatever the length ends up ends up being. What, what number makes sense? Uh, I'm not really sure, especially if you think to the Hoosiers and who should be kind of a protected game or protected rival. Purdue obviously is going to be the first name on that list, but the the other rivalries just I don't know are really there for football. I would assume Michigan State is probably going to be higher on that list because of the old brass platoon, which can't say enough how great that uh, trophy is, that, that name of the rivalry is. I wouldn't hate that. IU and Michigan State have had some fun games in recent years, so... Maybe that is one that's thrown up there. Illinois is probably the next one that makes sense, but IU and Illinois don't even play re that regularly, or they haven't under the divisions format. How much is that going to matter? Because IU and Illinois probably are the next biggest rivalry over the course of other sports and whatnot, but um, 
Is that are, are they just going to kind of carry that over into football? Are you going to keep some of the rivalries that were in divisions already? IU doesn't have a rivalry with Maryland or Rutgers or any of those teams. So are you going to try to force something? I think that's probably what's going to be the case is IU is going to be forced onto someone as a quote unquote rival. And it, it that's just kind of how it is. I, I don't love it, but also I don't really have a good argument against it. I don't really know who you would protect in these rivalries. Like geographically, Illinois, Northwestern are probably the two closest. I don't have particularly strong feelings for football in either for either one of those programs. So I guess we're going to create a rivalry. I would say Purdue, Michigan State, Illinois are the top three in that order. After that, you're just kind of whatever happens. Um, I guess IU and Rutgers have kind of had some, I don't know that it's been exciting games, but some back and forth games, and it's been kind of a an even rivalry. Uh, I really don't want to play Rutgers. Let, let me rephrase this. IU should probably want to play Rutgers if they want to regularly go to bowl games. That part I'm fine with. I just... I don't really enjoy Rutgers being in the Big Ten, so the more I'm reminded of that, the more I don't enjoy the fact they're being reminded of that fact. Like, I just don't want to be reminded that Rutgers is in the Big Ten, and if we have to play them every year in football, it's going to be annoying. So it probably makes the most sense to play them, and there's going to be schools like that. Rutgers probably doesn't have many rivalries. They haven't really formed any in the Big Ten. Same with Maryland, so maybe they stick IU with one of those schools. I don't know. Who would you guys protect as the rivals if you had to pick three of them? It's probably Purdue. I would assume most IU fans would say Michigan State just because of that trophy and it being a rivalry game. Is it, Do you agree with that? Who would the third team be in that scenario? Let me know what you guys think in the comments below, but... Thank you guys, as always, for making Locked on Hoosiers your first listen. Even on a day to, like today when the show went up later than normal, I appreciate you guys. Every day or next week on the show, we'll wrap up how the IU baseball team did over this weekend, see if they're advancing to Super Regionals, and get you any latest recruiting news. We'll be going to three episodes a week, uh, for at least for June, starting next week. So we'll be downshifting a little bit with news getting more and more sparse, basically. So be on the lookout for that. Follow us on Twitter if you have not already. Subscribe to the podcast. Leave a rating interview. All of that great stuff. Most importantly, though, guys, appreciate all the support you continue to give us. I uh, hope you guys have a fantastic Friday, a fantastic end to your week. Head into the weekend great. And most importantly, LEO.